<laughs> Joining us today for a special episode of Teacher Therapy, Carrie Kidd is no stranger to many of our listeners and a big supporter of the show. Welcome, Miss Holland. Thanks very much, Christ. Delighted to be here. Let's begin with a few short questions. Right, which do you prefer, tea or coffee? Definitely coffee, sitting in front of me on the table. <laughs> what was your favourite subject in school? Geography. Are you a night owl or an early bird? A night owl. <laughs> night in or night out? Oof. My heart wants to say night out, my head is saying night in. Bit of both, <laughs> yeah. bit of both, yeah. Would you um, prefer to watch the film or read the book? Read the book for sure and follow it up with the film. Mm. What's your favourite TV show? Oh, favourite TV show. There's just too many. Like I yeah. jump from one thing to the next. Recently I watched, um, I can't remember the name of it, I'm a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> the Ambassador, is that the one? Amazing, so good. And like it ended in a cliffhanger, like old fashioned Dallas, which you don't remember in the 1980s. And I was like, next episode, oh no, that's it. Amazing. <laughs> so that's the most recent thing that I've really enjoyed, but I flit from one thing to another. When I'm terrified. It's a great obsession. Oh God, my current obsession is probably home decor and gardening because we've just renovated, we moved house two years ago, nearly two yeah. years ago. And um, outside of school, that's my obsession. Absolutely. Yeah. Would you skydive? Yes. <laughs> I haven't ever, but I would. I know I would list. be petrified, but on the bucket list, definitely. Yeah. 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 Tandem though, I wouldn't, there's no way I would jump out of a plane on my own. I'd need somebody else strapped to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, if you were stranded on a desert island and all of your basic needs were met, like food, yeah. water, all that, mm-hmm. what two items would you bring with you? Oh God, this is really hard. Like I have three children, so I can't say, I can't, <laughs> say, I can't two bring two and leave yeah. one behind. I can't bring two of the kids and I can't bring, you know, hubby and one kid and leave two kids behind. So, okay, outside of people, right, immediately I would think family, friends, people, Mm. because I'm a people person. I'd really struggle with the isolation. Um, What two items would I bring with me? I wish I had a really clever answer, like, you know, a radio so I could (laughs) contact people. Um, Coffee. (laughs) <laughs> I think I'd survive without the coffee once I'd get past the initial um, withdrawal symptoms. Okay, typical English teacher answer, but I think I would bring a book, and if I had to bring one book, it would be Les Miserables. Have any of you read it? No. Okay, it's not one to pick up in the middle of fifth year. I'll put it to you that way, right? Because you'd probably put it down pretty lively. But it's an amazing novel. Yes, I'm an English teacher. Yes, I'm going a bit nerdy on you. It's an absolutely amazing novel. Um, No matter how many times I pick it up and reread it, it's like reading a new novel again because you hone Mm. in on one of the stories depending on where you are in your own life um, or what's going on for you. So I would bring a copy of Les Miserables and... Probably sunscreen because I'd be hoping the weather would be amazing. Yeah, that's a good one actually. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? One superpower, what would it be? I think it would probably revolve around something to do with social justice and equality. I don't know what that superpower would be, but the thing. You know, when I think of superpowers, I think of, you know, the 1980s, Christopher Reeve versions of Superman. They were kind of the first superhero films I would have watched. And they were always kind of the man in the really strong position, you know, and the woman, Lois Lane, 
having to be rescued. Um, and I, if I had one superpower, I'd love to address something around kind of global inequality. It yeah. drives me daft that we have so much and 90% or 80% of the world has so yeah. little mm. proportionate to what we have. Um, and then in the same equality vein then, which kind of links in with your podcast and interviewing females, um, you know, something around kind of addressing the, that inequality in terms of women at the top table. You know, I think if we had, I don't believe in gender quotas because I think it does a disservice to women in a way. Yeah. You don't want women at the top table. You want effective competent women at the top mm -hmm. table not just people who really were willing to put themselves forward to yeah. fulfill a quota so i think you we need more effective women like yourselves mm -hmm. stepping into roles of leadership seeing themselves as leaders mm -hmm. um, not everybody wants to be a leader and not everybody maybe has those skills built into them but but you can hone those skills mm -hmm. um, and i think from the perspective of equality for women and I think from the perspective of global equality, I think locally, nationally and internationally, if there were more effective women at those top tables, a lot of the issues that we see internationally wouldn't be there. I think some of it goes back to, to that fact. So I'm not quite sure how you synopsize that as one superpower, but yeah. you kind of get what I'm at, you know? Yeah. If you could only listen to one song for the rest of your life, what would it be? God. That's an impossible question. <laughs> like, I love music. I absolutely love music. Um, I'm not a music nerd, right? I'm, I'm a bit of a book nerd in some ways, and I'm probably a little bit of a book snob in a way, because I tend to veer more towards classics. Actually, no, that's not snobbery. It's just what I like. You know, it's, it's what I'm more interested in. It's the, the books that I tend to gravitate towards. Um, songs, I would find it impossible. Like, I love old music. I love cheesy music. I love new music. I love all sorts of different genres. Um, one song for the rest of my life. The one that jumped into my head, which is probably saying something to me subliminally, is Nina Simone. Cinnamon? Is Cinnamon Nina Simone? Yeah, Cinnamon. Have you ever heard that song? Go home tonight and play it. Oh my god, it's an amazing song. Oh, Cinnamon, where you gonna run to? Cinnamon, where you gonna run to? The original with Nina Simone is absolutely phenomenal, and then there have been a number of different, um, you know, reboots. Uh, it's just a great song. I do love a bit of Nick Cave. I wouldn't have been a fan of Nick Cave back in the day, but my husband is a huge Nick Cave fan. So I think it's just by osmosis, having listened to him so much, I've, I've uh, really um, love his music. And recently, Denise Chyla, and really getting into Denise Chyla, I absolutely love her lyrics, and I think there's just something so punchy about her. Um, I'm hoping to put Body and Soul this summer, um, great music festival. Um, particularly for up-and-coming artists or for kind of keeping your hand in what's what's coming in terms of music trends um, and actually arts trends as well so yeah Denise Chyla would be the my, my latest on my Spotify playlist. Is a Jaffa cake a cake or a biscuit? 
A cake, isn't it? I think it's cake. Where are they in the shops though? In the biscuit section. I know this is this is like you know which came first, the chicken or the egg? Jaffa cakes again. I'm mentioning my husband a second time. He's obsessed with them. He eats them by the packet load. Um, I think there must have been something in the eighties or early nineties with you know hurling teams that they were all given Jaffa cakes or something yeah. at half time because he's completely and utterly obsessed with them and seems to think that they're kind of like health food. Um, I'm coming down the side of cake. It's spongy. Yeah. It's a cake. Absolutely. What do you think? I'd say definitely a cake. Cake? I would say biscuit. You say biscuit? Cake. Cake? Yeah. So cake wins. Yeah. Definitely a cake. It's yeah. decided. Put it out the there. Yeah. Um, we'll move on to our long question. So, who do you think has the biggest impact on your life or made you the person you are today? Oh, jeepers. Um, obviously, lots of different people. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're all impacted for good and sometimes for bad by the different people that we encounter um, at different stages of our lives. I would narrow it down, I think, to two people, which means that I'm going to offend somebody by not naming them, you know. Um, I think the two people that have had the greatest impact on my life are my grandmother, because she was my kind of go-to person. She kind of did a lot of the mammying with me at times maybe when I was your age and being a bit rebellious and falling out with my parents, you know. Mm -hmm. She was the person that I could kind of go to and get the little bit of extra TLC where my parents were going, "Mm -mm, not happening, miss, okay. Um, And she was, I suppose, just kind of, I think sometimes when there's a degree of separation in terms of those family, family relationships, it can be sometimes easier to forge and to form the closer connection in a funny way. My parents are amazing, you know, they're, they're absolutely fantastic. They've always been phenomenal to me at all stages, um, without exception. But I think in terms of impact and my go-to person, if, if I'd had a falling out with my parents or if there was something that I needed to talk to my parents about that I wasn't sure how to approach it, at times, not always, but at times I would have gone to my granny first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she was just, I think, she for me is the reason that I'm a bit of a feminist in the sense that I grew up knowing with no disrespect to my mom or her experiences but I grew up knowing that you know she'd worked full-time all the time on the farm with my granddad she'd had four children at home and birthed them on her bed in the farmhouse and then went and milked cows that evening do you know do you know like those kinds of stories you just kind of go when you grow up with that being the normality you develop a real sense of a work ethic, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think if you have a work ethic and you're not afraid to work hard, you'll never go without. You might have as much as, you know, the millionaire down the road. But like, I'm never going to be a millionaire. I'm never going to be that millionaire down the road. So I might as well just get on with it, do my bit, figure out what I want to get out of life. And I think I learned that from my granny, very much so. Mm-hmm. Second person, and you're going to have loads of editing because loads of this will be rubbish and nonsense that had hu- has had and continues to have a huge impact on my life is my son. And I am singling him out now from my two girls, so there'll probably be war in the house if they do hear this, so I might keep it away from them. Um, but the reason I say that is because I had him at a very young age. So I had him when I was 18. Um, so it was quite a life-changing experience, obviously, at that point in time for me and for his dad. And I think growing up as a young mother and then... A single parent as our relationship didn't work out he 
his his presence in my life as my son and the responsibility as his mum to him really kind of kept me on track, yeah. do you know? I probably would have been a little bit rebellious in some ways when I was younger, you know? Not anything daft or crazy, yeah. but, you know, just a little bit rebellious, maybe a little bit easily influenced, not as confident as I would have liked or self-assured as I would have liked to have been when I look back. Yeah. So from that point of view, I think... Whilst I, I absolutely, let me make it loud, very clear, I wouldn't be recommending starting that young, okay? There's definitely a truth in the fact that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Um, and I think having that responsibility to Kian, Kian is, is my son's name, um, at a very young age gave me a real focus and a drive. And it kind of links back to my granny as well. You know, I was worried about telling my parents, as you can imagine, at that age that I was expecting a baby. But I was even more worried about telling my granny because I was thinking, oh my God, she's older. She's going, oh, what's she going to think? And will she want to talk to me? Or will she disown me? Or what's going to happen? She was actually, they were all great. But she was the calmest of all. And, you know, I suppose older people, we maybe don't appreciate them enough in our lives. We don't appreciate, we sometimes kind of categorise them as being, you know, they have very fixed yeah. views on things. Not always. I would have had a fear that my granny had very would have had very fixed views on this, for example, um, or on the situation that I found myself in. She didn't. She said, Do you know what? Aren't you a very lucky girl, actually, Sharon? Because if this had been 20, 30, or 40 years ago, then you might have ended up in imagining laundry. Or societally it would have been shunned. Or from a faith perspective, it mightn't have been accepted. You know, so her perspective on it just kind of blew me away. It completely shocked me at the time. And it made me think, well, if she can get on board and if things are going to be fine, things are actually going to be fine. It's going to be grand. We're going to make this work and it's all going to be fine. Now we're in 2023. Kian's 24 years of age. He's generally okay. <laughs> right? You can do a follow-up episode with him where he can tell you all of the, <laughs> the warts and all the stories. <laughs> but um, no, he's doing great. And I'm doing great as a result of him. Yeah. You know, so I think no matter what happens in life, often in school we say to you that, you know, we're all good. One of my kind of catchphrases, I suppose, if you like, is that we're all good on our good days. Mm-hmm. But it's when we hit the bump in the road, that's when you really find out what your true character is. Now, when I hit a bumpy road, I have a woeful temper. Brutal, right? When I hit a bump in the road, I really doubt myself Mm. as well, you know? They're the days that you have to dig deep. And they're also the days that you you have to think about the influence that you're having on other people around you as well. Yeah. Do you know? Mm -hmm. What has been the biggest challenge or test you have faced in life? Can you just take that question and place it in front of the information about Kian? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever way you want to edit that, yeah. edit that. That probably, mm-hmm. at that point in my life, that probably was the biggest test yeah. or the biggest challenge. I was in university at the time. Um, I was in first year in college. The timing wasn't ideal, um, mm-hmm. either for me personally or for Kian's dad. And the reality, I suppose, of the situation was that we had to, to face some huge life-changing choices. I was in college in UCD. I ended up transferring down into UCC. That in itself was life-changing without having a baby in the midst of all of that and what it does to your body and your brain and you're, you know, you're that age and you're, you, I had never planned 
at that point in my life mm -hmm. for that to be my reality. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't recommend it, as I said earlier. Mm -hmm. It's generally always best to wait until you're in a more mature position, personally, financially, career-wise, all of that bit, okay? But it's all right. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's definitely made me who I am today, big time, and it's given me huge empathy as well for you know the different challenges I suppose that people face at a young age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have any philosophy or creed you live by? God, do I have any philosophy or creed that I live by? Again, I think this comes back to kind of work ethic. Like I believe so much in the power of working hard. Yeah. You know, be it in academics, be it in sport, be it in your hobbies. I'm a real, I'm an all or nothing person, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of the time you see me in work and I'm like, dum 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 dum, running around the place doing things, okay? My job mm -hmm. is very much do, 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 do. And that's why I absolutely love it. It's why I loved teaching mm -hmm. and it's why I love being a deputy principal. Um, the bit of me that you probably don't see is where I'm lying on the couch with a multi-pack of potatoes, you know, four episodes into the Netflix show that, you know, I'm currently obsessing over. I, I can be the do-all person, but I can be the do-nothing person, you know, and it's kind of, there's very little in the middle, okay? Um, but I think that work ethic piece kind of extends into any project that I take on be it kind of personal life or work life. And I think when you have that kind of work ethic, you actually learn loads along the way. Like there's, there's, there's no way I would have thought in the past that I'd have an interest in gardening, do you know? Mm. Um, but that's kind of one of my current things that I'm kind of trying yeah. to learn a little bit about and getting a bit obsessed with now at this stage, you know? Um, I know how middle-aged that sounds. I can see you <laughs> looking at me going, this is just so not relatable. Um, same thing with music, same thing with film, same thing with travel. I absolutely adore travel, which links into me being a geography teacher. Um, and also links into my career choice, realistically. You know, I mean, I, I very definitely wanted to be a teacher, but it also supported the fact that I wanted to be able to travel. Yeah. I had to wait a little bit longer, having you know gone through that journey in my my um, my twenties with Kean being small and all the rest mm -hmm. and trying to get financially secure. But yeah, I think my the creed that I live by is that working hard just pays so many dividends. You know, not just financial, but in terms of just that learning journey and in terms of interests and career that that you go through in life as well. What would your last meal be? God. If I was in prison, is it? <laughs> if I was being... Yeah. Okay. Um, but, 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 but what would my last meal be? Oh, God, I love food. <laughs> I absolutely love food. Miss, uh, Miss Ryan can confirm. We were in Delphi and I just ate all around me. I had no willpower. The perfect meal. It would probably be either Japanese food mm. or Italian. If I had to narrow it down, mm -hmm. maybe a combination of the two. There would definitely be fish involved. There would definitely be loads of gorgeous fresh veg involved. I'm going to come down on the side of a sushi starter. Mm. Really fresh, really gorgeous. Then for main course, I would have cannelloni pasta, mm -hmm. I think, with like really fresh ricotta cheese and spinach and stuff like that. Yum, yum, yum. Mm -hmm. And then dessert. 
not really a dessert person actually I'm more of a starters person and mm-hmm. um, I'm I, I crave sugar sometimes but I'd be more of a salt crisps and stuff I mentioned mm-hmm. crisps earlier yeah. what about you what are you sugary or salty people Salt person, me too. Combination. Yeah. Combination. Combination, depending on the day or the hour. Yeah. 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 Dessert. What's my favourite dessert? Kind of depends on the meal. If I was sitting down at home in front of the TV or something, I'd love something like, you know, like a chocolate mud pie or something with gooey chocolate and Mm. vanilla ice cream. But I couldn't tolerate that at the end of a meal. It's just too heavy. Yeah, we'll stick to the sushi (laughs) and the Italian, the pasta. Delish. Have you ever received an insult that you were proud of? All the time. <laughs> yeah, all the time. I'm. I have to be very careful about how I put this now because this could come back to haunt me. I am quite strong-willed, right? Um, Mr. Toomey or Miss Harrington. If they're listening to this, I'd say would be going, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, as would my husband and my parents and my sisters and my best friends. I'm very strong-willed. It can be difficult to sway me if I have a fixed perspective on something. And that's something that's pointed out to me quite a lot. So it's probably an insult it's definitely an insult that I'm proud of, but it's it's probably the part of my personality or the part of, of my make my makeup mm-hmm. that I need to work on the most, but that I also find the hardest to work on. That and my temper. I'm really good at controlling my temper here, you know, or I'm really good at maybe being the supportive deputy principal. I hope at least, I hope yeah. I am, to students, to colleagues, to parents on the phone but it sometimes strikes me and I've often said to parents on the phone when I'm speaking to them maybe about something that's going on for them and their daughters you know and they say oh my goodness that's so wise why didn't I think of that and I've often said to them if you could be in my kitchen you would see that it's easy for me when I'm on the outside looking in yeah. to give advice about something whereas when it's my own kitchen I can't see the wood for the trees in terms of finding the solution yeah. Um. so yeah I, I think it's probably that strong willedness or stubbornness mm-hmm. as most people would call it um, what advice would you give someone who doesn't know what they want to do after school it's absolutely fine I don't need to hesitate on this one at all it, it is absolutely fine the, the journey that you're on and I don't want to start trying to sound profound about this, the journey that you're on is going to take you in so many directions that you didn't realise anyway. So all you ever need at any point in time in life is to have a sense of what the next step is. Yeah. Not what you want to be. I actually think the focus needs to be taken off. That terminology needs to go, what do you want to be? And I think we need to stop asking little children, what do you want to be when you grow up? because I think it can actually if they say I don't know it it can leave you feeling a bit deflated do people say it to you what do you want to be and if you don't have an answer you're a bit it feels like an instant failure or something doesn't it Mm -hmm. or like something that you haven't yet achieved figuring out where you're going you don't need to know Mm. like I when I was your age I promise you I didn't dream of being a deputy principal yeah do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then being on the job, I could see what the, you know, how it might appeal to my skill set in some ways or my attention to detail in other ways, hopefully. And loads of people that are my age still haven't it figured out mm. or would love a change. Yeah. 
Like, I love my job. I love this school with every fibre mm-hmm. of my being. And I think that's a fabulous thing to be able to say. I'm not just saying that because it's a podcast. I, I yeah, hope yeah. you get a feel for that. But I will I be deputy principal in St. Helens in 10 years' time? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. I'd be yeah. very open to something different as well. Yeah. I've no desire to go anywhere else, but I'd be very open to the idea of... Um, total career change and do something completely different you're apparently going to be the generation that are going to have more careers over the course of your lives rather than the fixed career and i actually think that's a really exciting prospect i think there's nothing more boring than to have one job for your entire life then retire and put your slippers on boring do you know We'd like to thank you for coming on today. Yeah, and so as welcome. Very much. As in tradition, as spill the tea here, the guest gets the last word. So, Miss Holland, over to you. Maybe chop out some of the gardening and home decor stuff. <laughs> <laughs> very middle-aged and boring. Thanks for having me. It's been absolutely gorgeous. Any time that I can rock up to a room that has freshly baked um, brownies and sit down and talk to students, that's a good day for me. So really appreciate you asking me to be on, and I hope the final cut isn't too boring. (laughs) Thank you so much. You're so welcome, girls. Thanks a million, I really enjoyed it. Once again, huge thank you to everyone. Have a great summer. Until September, clean up on aisle six, because the tea has been spilled. (laughs) Woo!